I hope every episode starts out like this. Yes. <laughs> yes, this is me currently trying to figure out how to record this. I believe we are recording so we can start. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Skates to Throats. I am your host, Dakota Lashock. I am joined by my two good friends. We've got Chris Patton. Hey, what's up, guys? And we have Sean McIntyre. Oh, oh, hey, what's up, Gath? <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> Bit of a tape delay. For some reason, I got two different Skypes open, and one is muted and one is not. I'm going to have to close one and see what happens. Dude, we're we fucking a very professional it. podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, I was going to say, we're fucking killing it thus far. Scale of 1 to 10. <laughs> this is 10 out of 10 episodes. So, with the exception of uh, Sean there, we are we are an extremely tired podcast. I did not get any sleep last night and chris is working on two hours of sleep but yeah, you know so what yeah. like that. <laughs> you know what for you guys we're gonna do it live we're gonna do it right so that being said we got some news to talk about guys you got patrick line a finally signed a deal 13.5 million two-year deal i believe line a watch line a watch has ended uh well maybe if I was his team, I would now suspend him for five games. Yeah, that's Damn. Pretty <laughs> That's for being a little punk bitch. <laughs> like, I'd hate uh, to be in the locker room with uh, some OGs like Blake Wheeler and Bufflin. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm but, sure Bufflin beat the living shit out of him. Um, yeah, but... I think I think it's a good signing overall. I mean, it's a two-way... It's a, obviously just a two-year deal. We're looking at another bridge deal. That pretty much throws Winnipeg into the win now category, which, as we know, is kind of up in the air because of what's going on with Buffalo, which he, as far as I've read and seen thus far, unless someone's got some rumors I don't have, he is still thinking of retirement. And we're, I don't know, like a few days away from the first game, or does the first game start Monday? I can't remember right offhand, but uh, season I starts think next it's Monday. Yeah. <sighs> I'll yeah, be okay if he retires, man. I will. Yeah, he's I'm earned it. I love for him, man. But yeah, I just think it's like, yeah, uh, like touch on the line thing. That's, uh, I don't know. That's awkward. I would hate to like walk in the locker room after, after you know, putting up a scene like that. You know, all the stares you're going to get. <laughs> I'd be worried someone would take a dump in my gym bag or something. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, who's shitting my Gucci loafers? <laughs> um, no like all jokes aside but um there, I, I don't think it would have been as bad if he just held out for the contract it was some of the other comments that was made around holding out like saying most teams actually have a first line um that that kind of shit was was not good it, it, like as as far as team chemistry goes yeah it definitely throws a wrench in the plans i think with uh just how he acted yeah he you know it 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 messed up the team so much i i didn't get to answer your message in our chat dakota but uh that was mark latestu that was Ah. eating the mustard so you know now he's got the whole winnipeg jets team eating mustard on the bench yeah exactly that's all my thing because i used to do that as a kid and i'm like i thought i was the only one We got to reach out to him for an interview. Mustard yeah, exactly, brothers. man. Look, one fellow mustard packet eater to another. 
Well, we also have to we have to be the first to start the scientific study. <laughs> and then we got to get Jack Hughes to figure out why exactly he he chooses to be the way he is when dressing himself for a hockey game. Bro, I don't care. He should continue to dress that way because he lit it up in the preseason. Uh, so <laughs> whatever works. Yeah, the preseason was very kind to the Devils. It was not very kind to the Flyers or the or the Golden Knights so far. Yeah, that one Boston game kind of shook me a little bit, but then they kind of regained confidence against uh, Columbus. So I was pretty happy to see that. And speaking of Boston, they absolutely routed the Blackhawks last night. It was like 8-2 final score. Oh, shit. I actually missed that game. (laughs) Yeah, just complete decimation. I mean, Boston in general, we have to remember they went to the Stanley Cup, and if you look at the Devils lineup, that's the, the lineup that we rolled out there on the ice. Um, was without, you know, Hall and Palmieri. Uh, and they had, had like, changed some stuff around uh, with the top lines versus, you know, the, the great game we saw where you had Hughes and Hall playing on the same line. So uh, that game I don't have as, you know, it's just Boston me and Boston. They got up and really, really good defense. Um, and then, you know, outside of that, I thought Blackwood looked good and then the lines were a little weird for the Devils. Uh, All right. Well, that being said, we'll move on to uh, this Austin Matthews story, which I like. It's creepy. Like if you if you don't know the details, I guess Austin Matthews and a group of his friends kind of like I, I guess they tried to enter a woman's car as a joke, like trying to prank her and stuff. But I'm thinking I'm like, man, that's hard. That's some horror movie shit. <laughs> um, what do you guys yeah. think about this? Yeah, probably just a bunch of young drunk idiots, you know? Yeah. Probably, you know, millions of dollars, just like, ah, whatever, you know? It's just, like, a serious lap in judgment. I mean, I, I also don't want to, like, you know, sweep it under the rug. I do think, like, maybe something should happen. I don't know if he needs to pay a fine or something. I don't know, you know, just to kind of go through the, was it, I guess, go through the ringer. But, yeah. yeah, it's just, I think, just drunk, dumb, young shenanigans, you know, yeah, that's what I else. think. But still, at the same time, it's like, man, there's like a line. Just yeah. don't try to enter someone's car. That's just weird, man. It, I, I'll say reading the article is crazy because she was like, I wasn't even going to press charges until they tried to say that she like that she was lying. Yeah. So like, I thought that that kind of says something there, too. Yeah, well. It's what you get for going to Toronto, man. Yeah. <laughs> wanted to happen if you went to a different team. I, I don't. I don't necessarily know that that's true. You went to Tampa. Stamkos would have bought you a sandwich. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, I want Stamkos sandwiches. It's gonna come out. There's gonna be like a line of freezer foods. Stamkos sandwiches. <laughs> I mean, the whole story comes off as like maybe they know the person or know of the person or something, just because it's in the same condo building it's like they both live there yeah and then it's i mean it's definitely even i think the the witness testimony was saying that they were obviously wasted yeah like Um, super wasted maybe they just thought it was an uber like who's to say um yeah I, i mean i the weird part is that like pulls his he basically moons her and then squeezes his ass cheeks without pulling his full ass out right that I thought that was interesting, yeah, that the security guard added in and was like, hey, he kept his underwear on. 
<laughs> very important. Um, I think it's the stash, man. It's since, since he's grown that stash, he's just became a creeper. Maybe that's maybe that's what's going on out there in Toronto. Yeah, the next step is he gets a van and starts going to all the games in a creepy van. Oh. <laughs> can he can he get the van from like Slapshot and then <laughs> ride yes. around with the dog? Absolutely. All right. Well, keep it in Canadian news, I guess. We'll talk about uh, is it Matthew Kachuk? Yeah, Matthew oh, Kachuk's yeah. signing this uh, three-year bridge deal to stay with the Flames. I think it's a good, it's a good move for him. He's a great part of that team. He's a fucking tough kid. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you guys think? Yeah, hundred percent. Great signing. So, great kid. What was the what was the term on that deal again? Uh, I don't have it pulled up right in front of me. Uh, it's three-year uh, deal with a seven million dollar AAV. Yeah. So. What, once again, a lot. I think a lot of these teams are kind of putting themselves in situations with these bridge deals. If uh, the cap doesn't go up, that's you know that's going to be your your big hindrance there. Um, obviously, they had to get this done because losing him would be asinine if you're you know, a Calgary fan. But that that's my only worry with all these bridge deals is uh you're basically punting the ball and uh, hoping that the field advantage falls in your favor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's true, yeah. But it's not, yeah, I guess it's, like, tough. You got to try to weigh it, I guess, you know, because he's, like, one of those players, too, that could do it all for them. So it's kind of like, you know, I don't know. Is it like a, uh, I, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a necessary evil. You know, you yeah, want to keep mean, them yeah, around. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like you said, you could have cap issues. Yeah, I mean, I think my biggest thing is if, if you're planning on keeping him around, you know, long term. Yeah, I can't see them getting rid of him. Like I, like you said, he's like, he's a main piece of that defense. Yeah, and I'm looking at it more like you know, it took the Marner deal forever to get done, but Marner you watch. ended up with a with a with a little bit of a longer term, which I think is you know beneficial to the team. Yeah, for sure. All right, should we move on to? Uh... Well, let's see the 2022 Olympics and why the NHL might not be a part of that. Yeah. Uh, you had sent you at a Chris, you had sent me this uh this article. It is a very good article too. Yeah, I mean it basically just goes back around to uh the fact that they're not meeting for the players and owners to discuss, the NHL can pretty much take whatever stance they want to take on it. I, I recommend everyone going to check it out. It's uh, it's a Bob McKenzie article. It's out there on TSN. But, uh, I mean, I'm, the biggest thing here is it sucks for the Olympics more than anything else because, you you know, the way you have Swed- a Swedish Hockey League, a you have different variations of the Canadian Hockey League, and you have, you know, your uh, your KHL as well. But like America, we don't really have anything like that. So the American team's already like uh, like always a hodgepodge uh, <laughs> with yeah. the way with the way that stuff lines up. It's almost like we should roll out our international juniors team or something. But even some of those players end up um, assigned to teams and may not necessarily be able to go. But the article itself, Bob McKenzie goes into you know the reasoning why, which to me the way that the way we've always been told is. It's just that it throws a wrench in the season of the NHL. I think it's more that you probably have team owners that aren't necessarily keen on their players potentially get Look injured. Up the menu for three and one. 
They open yeah. it. Well, they open at like 12, so that's still like an hour, though. Do you want to go somewhere else? Um, and uh, it kind of bums me out. <laughs> I thought I was. I, I always loved like the Olympics. I always look forward to watching the NHL Olympics. Like, if you think about it, anytime anyone talks about USA in the Olympics, it's always like the last time we got to see the NHL players, aka Kovalchuk versus TJ Oshie, showdown. But I don't know. It kind of like. It bums me out to think because I I know like last year or when was it 2018 2017 uh, the Winter Olympics I think it was yeah. like two years oh, ago that, three years ago Russia was 2004 well, I was twenty I was 25 I know that I don't know why I know that so it was two years ago okay 2017 so, okay. yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah like uh, uh yeah and uh, I just remember getting like hyped to watch it and then we didn't have any of the players but then they were saying oh the U S is gonna be great because we have so much young uh, you know, so much young talent, blah, 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 this and that. And we didn't even meddle, you know, and <laughs> it's just like one of those things where yeah, I, I felt like it like really made the Olympics kind of, it took like the zing out of it to me. Like the games weren't as fun to watch. Yeah. You know, it's, so I was really hoping that, you know, 2022, we'd get to see some NHLers back in. I mean, hopefully it changes. We still got, you know, two more years before, but I, I hope to see something change there just for the sake of, the uh, the Olympics just to get to watch it. Yeah, but otherwise could, I'm watching uh, curling. You could get a ragtag group of college uh, hockey players together and make them win the gold medal. I'd love to see a miracle on ice all the way over again. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, uh, for, unfortunately it's 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 a lot harder <laughs> to do now. Than yeah. what and there's yeah. a reason why they called it a miracle on ice. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's kind of a once in a lifetime deal. Uh, like you can't have Brian Gianta out there as your captain, <laughs> retired Brian Gianta with a bunch <laughs> of uh, not even top, you know, not even top amateur players in some instances of what. Just like some know, beer league guys. <laughs> yes. It kind of looked like a beer league team, man. If you if you saw how some of these teams that had professional leagues uh, <laughs> played against America. Now I will say at least we we're still going to get U.S. women's hockey, which has been really great, and it was really fun to see them go on their run to 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 the gold. But um, yeah, they're buzzing out there. Well, it's because they have Kessel's sister, man. <laughs> She's yeah, gotta... I gotta tell you. On NHL, there's a subreddit NHL memes, and uh, every now and again, this username making the Kessel run posts a Coyotes uh, meme centered around Phil Kessel, and I keep meaning to share them with you, and I always forget to, but they are <laughs> some of the best stuff. <laughs> yeah, speaking of sharing, I, there's that, I sent you guys a photo yesterday of Brett Hull <laughs> wearing a t-shirt that says Brett Hull is a cheater. <laughs> <laughs> and drinking booze from a miniature Stanley Cup. Did you guys see that? Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is the world we live in, where Brett Hole is just out there doing whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> <laughs> like he never, he literally, no one ever tells him no. He's just like, I'm gonna go do this. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's his Instagram account, but like the tag for the Instagram was second best hole. <laughs> so like I don't know if someone should check on him to see if he's okay or something. <laughs> he's a mess. I mess. Uh, well <laughs> in kind of disappointing news for my team Philly, 
uh, Nolan Patrick is listed as week to week with a migraine disorder, which really sucks because I like Nolan Patrick as a player. New Jersey um, Devils won the draft. <laughs> listen, I am aware that I am the I am the single Flyers fan on this podcast. Uh, well, uh, I don't want to. It's too. I think that Nico has shown that more ready for this level than you know Nolan, but it's. It's hard to say yet because he's still developing. But as of right now, yes, it does look like the Devils indeed won the draft that year, which <laughs> yes. I'm happy about because there's so many forums that I was being. You're, you're <laughs> so, kind of bumping in and out, bud. Yeah, yeah, we lost you there for a second. Sorry, my phone cut off. Uh, yeah, no. So, like I said, you know, that I I think the Devils did win the draft there, but I'm I'm happy bunch of forums having to actively yell at people of the devil's nico <laughs> i was which is even from the team being right well i just happen to think that gritty's a fine fella <laughs> <laughs> i do uh, i do feel did... bad for him though it's a it's a migraine disorder right it's, it's yeah, not even like he well, got that's hurt the, that's the one thing that like bugs me is it could be something worse than that and that'd be that'd be terrible yeah I thought, yeah, I thought like he had gotten, when I first saw it, I was like, oh man, maybe he got hurt like in their last preseason game or something. But yeah, once you read a migraine disorder, I'm like, oh, I wonder how they, how do they like fix something like that? You yeah. Know? I don't like, I don't like know. a heavy aspirin or something. Yeah. No, I uh, mean, migraine disorders are super scary. Like if, if you watch any professional football, uh, Pierre Gasson had like a really great breakout year and then he was, he had read into some of that that they believed was concussion. He was kind of never the same player. Uh, so hopefully it's not something like get it work out. But my, my first thought is this guy got a concussion somewhere and he's still having some. Some issues. Yeah, yeah. For, sure. for sure. All right. Sorry. Drop this. All right. And going back on uh, continuing on with uh, injuries, it looks like Brandon Dubinsky could be out long term with a wrist injury. Um, obviously that'd be a pretty, it's a pretty bad hit to the, uh, Blue Jackets, who's a major part of that postseason run last year. Uh, what do you guys think about this? Uh, I think, yeah, definitely. This is one of their big players. It always sucks. Like, hopefully it's nothing too bad. You know, he's only out for, well, it said long-term, right? Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe long-term. Hopefully, you know, I mean, you know, it sucks when any player gets hurt, except for Flyers, um, the Rangers. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It sucks when any player gets hurt. You know, you don't want to see anyone get hurt, especially, like, just as a fan of the sport. But, yeah, it it, it sucks to see it because he's definitely one of their big, like, you know, pivotal players. But, you now I think they'll still be fine. They're definitely going to be missing a piece without him. But, you know, I hope he has a speedy yeah. recovery and, you know, gets back to the game. For sure. All right. That being said, that wraps up our news. Do what? I was saying it's a big loss to the uh, to the Blues Uh-oh. in general. I don't think that they're that uh, pretty thin in general on that team as far as people can play the way that he plays. And I, I just don't I don't know how you replace him. And it, it, he's out at least what they're saying is like almost half the season, if not more. So. Uh, that's definitely going to heavily 
affect Columbus for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right, so you guys, you guys ready to move on to our rivalry? Yeah, let's do it. All right. This week we are talking about the Big Bad Bruins with Bobby Orr and Phil the Thrill Esposito. This hey, is like, hey, 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 hey. There's hey. only one thrill around here. And his last no, name he's the original thrill, man. I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> like, this... This is where it intersects with our other episodes because you got you got ties to the Summit series, you got ties to the to the hockey versus communism in general in uh, general. That's it's very good. I think. Let me go to my notes here. Yeah. So basically, we're doing Bruins versus everyone. So yeah, all the original six. Yeah. How them and the Flyers just beat the shit out of teams on regular basis. Uh, well, anyway. you guys are a bunch of fucking goons, as the world knows. I think that's still proven. <laughs> uh, I have a personal rivalry with Fred Marchand. <laughs> so, is it just because off. he licked somebody? Is that it? Or is it just because he acts like a Brad? It's he's Slewfoot's guys. Actively. <laughs> terrible fucking player i mean not terrible skill wise but what a real asshole he's like the embodiment of reasons to hate the bruin just picture these wrong upturned polos outside of the uh outside of the hockey arena he's or like the dude t-shirts he seems like the dude that would wear two polos with the collars popped up at the yeah, same and time an affliction t-shirt over that <laughs> super tight also you get in the car with him, and he's just listening to that Sounds of Silence cover by Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> oh, I was thinking Nickelback. No, he's he's totally Nickelback. <laughs> Throwing a little Creed. <laughs> you definitely got it. <laughs> All right. So this in uh, in this period, this is like this is 1970 to what 1979 ish. They were they were a force. The Bruins went from being dead last to well playoff animals. Um, I mean, they had Bobby Orr, which I'm, I put this in my notes to definitely nominate Bobby Orr to the Hall of Fucking Awesome. Have we not if for Bobby not Orr? giving us the most iconic photo in the sport of hockey. Yeah, we, we got to keep a list of this somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I was pretty sure that we had put Bobby Orr in the Hall of Fucking Awesome, but if not, good no, inductee. We put Bobby Clark in the Hall of Awesome, the Hall of Fucking Awesome. We've talked about Bobby Orr so much, I just assumed that he made it in. <laughs> we have not yet. There's going to be like some sort of unspoken rule. Like Phil the Thrill is in there. We haven't said it, but we yes. talk about him enough. Phil the that Thrill is like... the president. He's the docent in our museum. <laughs> I don't know if we can make him the president. Maybe like guy in charge of ordering food right. for the rest of the Hall of Awesome. <laughs> God, can you imagine that would be the greatest? Yeah, they would have the best snacks. Yes. Um, but yeah, if if for nothing else, my my nomination is for giving us the most iconic picture next to the Miracle on Ice in all of hockey, and that's the dive, which can be found in every New England kitchen, bar, <laughs> restaurant, office building. It is yeah, a even state. tattooed on some guy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's Boston. They get terrible tattoos there. 
<laughs> it's right next to a placard that just says twenty-three to three. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> There's just a dude there that every time someone looks at it, he's like, Go team. <laughs> um yeah, this 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 period for the Boston Bruins was absolutely legendary for like the entire New England area. And like it, it reverberated for a while. I remember as a kid people being like, well there's there's the Flyers fans and then there's the Bruins fans and then like nobody can ever figure out which one's worse, but I'm pretty sure it's Flyers fans. We're always worse. Um <laughs> I mean, this lineup, like I said, we've talked about these guys before. You had Bobby Orr. You had the original Thrill, Phil the Thrill Esposito. Uh, Ken Hodge. Derek Sanderson, who had an incredible mustache and just liked to shit talk and score goals. Yeah, so, I mean, the crazy thing about this is you, you look at the kind of the league and the way it was built. A lot of those guys were there specifically to protect Bobby Orr in a lot of ways. Um, from teams like Philadelphia because Philadelphia essentially decided we're going to play a physical brand of hockey that no one else is playing uh, during that time period, as we all know, because we've talked about the Broad Street Bullies and kind of how the Flyers attacked Russia in the past and and what they did differently than other teams um, when they played them in in their going-home game, uh, so to speak, but yeah, I mean, the team is was clearly based around Bobby Orr and fucking people up, essentially. <laughs> yeah, it was the way of life, and Bobby Orr was he was happy to jump in there for it. See, what I love about Bobby Orr, he could skate, he could stick handle, he could fight, he could do everything. It was so as cool a, about it. I was saying, as a player, you always like have that, oh, I would love to be in the... NHL, but I don't know if I would have wanted to play around this time. You just, <laughs> yeah. you just be getting you destroyed. You get your ass beat by multiple teams <laughs> on a nightly basis. You'd yeah, you probably get stabbed if they could. Now, during this time period, the the most I know that the Bruins had a, a bunch of rivalries, as we all know, going through this. But the one that the one that rings out to me the most, and probably I think the one that I know that Boston fans probably care about the most, is is them versus Montreal, um, which the Montreal during this time period, when they would end up getting into fights, these would be like full team brawls, if I recall properly. Um, so th- that's the one that comes to mind. And then Montreal drafting someone like Christopher Nyland to help deal with some of these teams uh, on a very serious uh, Canadiens team, as we all know. Yeah, if it, yes. if it wasn't a bench and for clear, more information on that, you can listen to our Montreal versus Boston episode. <laughs> yeah, let's say if the fight wasn't a bench clearer, it's a dull event. I did I I know in the past like even going back to before the time period of fighting that Boston and Montreal had kind of a natural rivalry and I don't think we talked about this on the the Boston Montreal episode but I saw some video from like the 50s where Montreal is basically fighting people 2v1 and stuff Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so I'm not going to act like they're not a little uh, a little they weren't always kind of a little bit goonish but it's it's like when boston and and philly and and some of these other teams started what i would say stacking the deck in physicality uh you started seeing you know the influx of enforcers so this time period is kind of what led us to anytime you had a skilled player like gretzky you also had to have a a heavy-handed hitter to protect them yeah for sure and uh 
Well, let's see this. Uh, no, these guys, they, they weren't just popular in New England. Like, they'd go, because, I mean, this was pre-expansion. If I, uh, this right here, this is right before the expansion and stuff. They'd go around and fight the uh, play the other six teams, and they'd just sell out all over the country. It's a really good documentary on YouTube uh, about the Big Bad Bruins, and they were talking about that, and I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, it, I mean, I'm gonna, it, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I was, I was just gonna say, I, you know, Bobby Orr was known as such a great player. If you had the opportunity to see him, especially with the way the league was back then, I, it, it that in itself probably was selling out games for sure. So yeah. well deserved Hall of Awesome inductee. <laughs> yeah, you know it's crazy when Wayne Gretzky says how great of a player Bobby Bobby Orr is. So yeah, but I feel like we need to talk about the 1970 Stanley Cup Finals, uh, which took place, which uh, the two belligerents were the Boston Bruins and the St. Louis Blues, our most recent Stanley Cup champions. Uh. Going into this, I don't think Boston had won a Stanley Cup in 29 seasons, uh, if, if I remember correctly from the uh, the thing. But they went in. They started with New York. They The first round of the playoffs was New York. And the video from what I saw of that is just them just beating the shit out of the New York Rangers, like outskating them and then just fighting that's how it was. It was incredible. Yeah, and and then, like, Bruins had pretty good goaltending. New York wasn't a great team back then uh, no. during this time period, so I actually feel kind of bad for them <laughs> if you look at the stat lines of these games uh, <laughs> and some of the penalty minutes that have pulled up. It's like not only are, are you getting beat because you're definitely outskilled on the ice, but you're also getting the shit kicked out of you, which is not <laughs> necessarily... <laughs> awesome or where you want to be in life as a team <laughs> and a lot of that was Derek Sanderson with his great mustache he'd just go around starting shit with people and then they'd yeah. fight and then he got thrown out of the game and he almost I, I thought he was going to attack the ref um <laughs> yeah literal world class shit starter <laughs> that was so uh, like is this the same year that they actually the Bruins ended up like fighting fans, <laughs> is it like famous? No, that was a little bit. That was a little okay. bit after. That's Mike Milbury. That's okay. when Mike Milbury was on the team. Um, yeah, we gotta we gotta cover that at some point. <laughs> Mike Milbury just fighting everyone. That's like Ron Artest or whatever his name is now. I think it's Meta World Peace. Yeah, mm. it's like that except for one guy threw a shoe at another guy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so. Could you even imagine anything like that happening now? Yeah. No, no. Shoes. <laughs> I mean, the, close, the closest I think we got was, you know, that, that asshole drunk fan that fell into the bench with Ty Domi. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> That's an unpleasant surprise to wake up to. It was like, uh, that was like, I don't know, that would have been like almost 20 years ago at this point. But he, he basically was like yelling at Ty Domi and he climbed over, like started climbing up on the like, the glass and then Ty Domi just kind of like grabbed his jersey and pulled him in and started whipping his ass. So <laughs> that's the closest I could think of in modern hockey to, to going on in that, that Bruins game with Mike Milbury and those guys. I mean, they're like 
40, like, 40 rows up fighting people. Shit getting thrown <laughs> everywhere. Like, they had to pass people to get up to where they were. Um, after, uh, after the, uh, Rangers series, uh, the Bruins went on to sweep the Blackhawks, which was great for Phil Esposito, because that was his former team. Uh, he also, he also beat his little brother, uh, Tony Esposito, who was goalie, which I thought was really cool. And it was really, like, obviously Phil Esposito is a classy dude. We, I'm a big fan of him on this podcast. Uh, there was a shot right after they had won the state or won the, uh, series that, uh, Phil Esposito skated over to his brother and uh, tapped him on the head with a stick. I thought that was really cool. How hard did he uh, tap him? I mean, he is a No, villain. it was just like a little love tap, you know? <laughs> like he skated by him and just popped him on the head. Not like he <laughs> slashed him. It's not Philly. All right. Yeah, I was going to say, is it a love tap or a love tap? <laughs> yeah. Love tap. Two different things. <laughs> yes. He's like, I also pissed in your goalie helmet before the game. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to have to tell you that. <laughs> um, they went on to uh, the Stanley Cup playoff, obviously against St. Louis Blues, and from that was born the goal, which was scored by Bobby Orr. Uh, so, he, yeah, go ahead. Question: When, when the, we all know the, I think everyone is aware of the goal stuff. In the goal itself, but had they won a Stanley Cup prior to this, or is it that that was the iteration of them into the league when we gave up the uh, the number for, you know, they had went twenty something seasons without a, a cup? Because I'm thinking this was their first cup win in general. Yeah, this mistaken. was their first cup win in like twenty nine years. Well, I, I think this was their first cup win in general. That's what really? I'm asking. Yeah, because like during the during the uh, you know the the fifties et cetera, you're gonna have a slew of Montreal, Toronto, and then Detroit with Gordy Howe and his crew, and then a little bit of Chicago sprinkled in there um, with Bobby Hull. So and and the fact that the league was so small during this time period, I'm actually curious on this was if this was their first cup. I don't know. Yeah, right I'm looking it up right now. I think it might have been you. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, Stanley Cups? No, they won, I guess. Uh, no, they won one in 1928 and 29, 1938 and 39, 1940 and 41. And then 69, 70 was the one after that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, so they, they won yeah, some. Yeah, so it was pretty big gap. Six. Yeah, I, I mean, because it's... the. That's the hard thing about talking about the original six with some of this, unless you have stat lines pulled up or an incredible yeah. elephant memory, um, is that, you know, there's only six fucking teams, so eventually you're going to get one, you would hope, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, they, uh, yeah, they went on to uh, win the Stanley Cup and they'd go back a bunch of times during the uh, 70s. I know they were them and the Flyers were a pretty big rivalry then, but uh trying to trying to save all the Flyers talk for when we do the Broad Street Bullies a long time down the road because we don't want to talk about the Flyers because they're so great and they just beat the shit out of everybody. We always talk <laughs> about the Flyers because we end up talking about the directly every time we do this show. It's like, all right, we're going to do a rivalry. Oh, fucking guess what? Bobby Clark fought everybody, so we got to talk about Bobby Clark some more. <laughs> exactly. 
Why do you think he was our first inductee into the Hall of Fucking Awesome? He beat the shit out of everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was putting him in there for, you know, single-handed by taking out uh, that Russian player. Yeah. Although, in retrospect, it was, I mean, that was a pretty defining moment. God, that was such a good series to cover. So much fun. Um, Congratulations. All right. Humans haven't been on the moon in hundreds of years. Nice place to visit, but I wouldn't want to live here. Dying here is much more likely. Nice place. Is that mine? I don't know. I don't know what the hell it is. That's not me. So... <laughs> All right. Well, we're brought. That might have been my computer. All right. That was so definitely ghosty. <laughs> this ad brought you by Bluetooth. We're gonna need somebody. <laughs> uh, yeah. Might have some um, um, background. I was playing Destiny before this. That's probably what it was. Uh, Apologies. Y'all know I'm okay. a This is a very professional <laughs> podcast. We do things by the book here. <laughs> Um, it was, I thought it was really too, cool we were too this. good. We were doing too good. Yes. I had to. Yeah, I thought uh, it was cool this time that uh, Harry Sinden was the coach. Um, had a very weird relationship with the Bruins. Uh, I think like right after they won the cup, he he quit them and went to another team. Uh, it's very like I couldn't find a whole lot of information on it, but uh, he was like the youngest coach at the time when he started coaching. The Boston Bruins. And I thought that was really cool. Obviously, he's a great coach. Brought them the Stanley Cup, which is kind of weird because nowadays you don't really you don't see young coaches. Um, like, I I I can't remember the last time I saw like a really young coach. I mean, Brindamore is kind of young, but then again, he's really not anymore. Not like Harry Sinden was like in his thirties. Yeah, I mean, during that time period, too, because you're a lot of original six mindsets and, and people that had kind of been there forever from, like, the 40s on or from the 30s on. So you you're, you would see a lot of older coaches during, you know, during that time period, like, for sure. Yeah, totally. It just makes you wonder what a, uh, how, a how a younger coach would do in today's game because <laughs> you don't really see it that often. It also kind of points to the fact that, like, people in the league in the 70s, not as bad as the 60s, still the truck. Yeah, we're kind of losing you there. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so, uh, what I was, all I was saying is, like, you know, they were kind of getting paid bullshit, so I would assume that what it came down to is, uh, straight money as far as him leaving after winning the Stanley Cup. That's kind of you don't really see that happen that often where your head coach wins link up and then moves from a team that doesn't, I, I don't know if there was either it, that points to there either been something that he didn't like about the organization itself or the fact they didn't and what he thought he was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm having the craziest. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. I'm having the craziest. I don't know what's happening right now. My computer apparently got no sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's right up there with me. It's just loopy as shit. Yeah, I am. I am completely like. 
Yeah, this is this is a weird episode for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> like I know what I'm doing, but at the same time, it's like I'm on the outside. You're People doing listening to this part probably like this dude's tripping off his ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I I will say um, with with the Bruins, you know, I, I'll like if we can if we want to move along a little bit, I think you know their run in 2011. I think it would have been 2011, right? Yeah. Where you get some great games between them, the Flyers, the previous season in 2011, and you get some great, you know, games against Montreal. I mean, it's not every day you see PK Subban and uh, multiple people fighting constantly, uh, like Marchand, for instance. Like Subban's throwing hands with Marchand, and it's, it's like. You haven't, you don't really see that a lot. I mean, uh, Subban's always chippy, but you don't really see him get so pissed off that he's actually going to start <laughs> dropping gloves. Yeah. So that kind of that kind of points to Bruins versus everyone again, and, and how like crazy those rivalries are. Um, the only so you know it's a little weird is they they don't really have a rivalry against like the Wings, which I would kind of ex- expect more of. Yeah, you think original six, you think all of them would at least have some kind of rivalry with each other, but I guess not. I mean, the Red Wings have so many rivalries with, like, original six and fucking non-original six teams as well. <laughs> just everyone. <laughs> I, just assume, I, should just, I just assume, and same thing with the Flyers I just in Toronto, I just assume that all of the original six teams are like that. <laughs> but Boston's really like that. There's, like, two fucking teams that... <laughs> <laughs> they absolutely hate everyone else. They just dune because they can. And if you need information on that, you can just look at Brad Marchand. Yeah. So in the Stanley cup playoffs in 2011, which I actually remember watching this one. Cause this, uh, this would have been right before I graduated. Uh, I graduated high school. Uh, and I was, I was on a big hockey kick that year. Uh, cause I was living down here and, you know, the Thrashers were getting ready to go away. I don't even think we had found out that the Thrashers were going away just yet. Yeah, no, um, we had rumblings of uh, little, <laughs> little John little potentially John. buying the team, yeah. I believe. Naming him the Atlanta Crunk. Yes. God, I wish that would have happened. It would have been awesome to see two <laughs> chains out of the ice and ice skates. It would have been incredible. Yeah, that would have been fantastic. Drake performs <laughs> between every intermission all the time, no, not just at perform. the All Star game. Yeah, that's got to be an Atlanta <laughs> rapper. You can't have Drake; he's Canadian. I know, but he is like BFFs with Little Wayne. <laughs> yes. He isn't BFFs with Little Wayne. <laughs> Birdman. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> all right. So yeah, and this one they uh, I think this was. A lo- was this the last time the Canucks have been to the Stanley Cup? Well, yeah, they had to rebuild the, the entire city of Vancouver after yeah. what happened during this one. So. <laughs> yeah, so I was just going to yeah. say, yeah, I don't remember any remodelings happening recently. So, so this was a, yeah, this was a, this was a big one. Um, like I said, I remember this one. Uh, yeah. It- I think the biggest, the, the thing I remember most is like old ass Tim Thomas somehow like channeling his inner brodeur through through most of this season in the playoffs and hey man tim thomas is a shit at <laughs> vancouver not just deciding on which player they wanted to play i know that was like the big thing like in in net 
they couldn't choose between Snyder and Luongo. And then shortly thereafter, they lose both of them. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, I think Luongo leaves that either the following season or the 2013 season because the Devils end up trading to get Corey Snyder. And then they're just left without a goal. To, so not only did they destroy their entire center, they also just destroyed their crease. Uh, so I think I'm sure Vancouver fans uh, love Boston uh, for sure. That was such a good moment too. I was at the friggin' draft because it was right here in New Jersey when we traded for Snyder. Uh, that was so we were sitting up there. Bettman walks out. Everyone's booing him because it's like the year before. It was we had a lockout the year before, I believe. Um, yeah, I think like so. that uh, half a season. Yeah, no, this might have been right afterwards. That happened when I was in basic training. Um, so I think that was right after this. I don't know. I remember we were just yeah, we were t- everyone booing him. Boo. Yeah, I feel like every sport everyone boos the commissioner, but like just booing the shit out of him. And then he's like the New Jersey Devils, but and everyone Bah and he goes, you're gonna want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's like they traded the ninth overall pick. You hear everyone go, <gasps> and they're like for Corey Schneider. We're like yeah, because <laughs> we knew that Brodor was like kind of on that last leg, and Corey Schneider was like one of the best backups in the league, if not the best. And like I remember everyone was talking like he's ready for, you know, the big boy minutes or the big boy games, yeah. you know, like so it was yeah, I remember that being like a huge thing. But yeah, that was just such a like great energy to be in the building to see like the future of our goaltending essentially just be, you know, brought into the fold like out of nowhere. I want to I, mean, I want to was... look it up, too. Sorry. Uh, just who Vancouver got for that pick. I don't even know who, uh, I, who they got for that. I know for like this series, if I'm not mistaken, Dakota, I think it had like a triple overtime game as well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to look it up right now. I'm just uh, um, getting stuck I, on how they absolutely routed the Flyers to get there. <laughs> Sorry, bud. <laughs> just completely uh, reamed them. Well, doesn't this? It would. I'm assuming. I'm. Well, we going time a little bit but uh the year before isn't that the famous flyers i believe it was flyers bruins where you had like 25 people in the penalty boxes or whatever oh yeah yeah <laughs> with the, i've a... noticed with the flyers and the bruins it's not <laughs> uncommon to see penalty boxes so full it looks like a can of sardines nevertheless yeah, it's, it's my favorite thing to see ever <laughs> I just remember it took like 10 minutes for the refs to figure out all the penalties. And then afterwards they, they basically were like, I don't know. Fucking, I guess we'll have the, the gale, the goalies have a skate race to see who wins this game. Cause <laughs> there's like hardly anyone on the, the bench left to play like a full. So I think it like, it ended up being like four versus three with like, I don't know, at least six people in the penalty boxes on both sides. Like, is insane. There's a great photo where it's literally standing room only in the penalty box. There's. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah. It was Bo Horvat, by the way. I just looked it up. Ah, standing. Which which was a good pick pickup for them. And like, if the Devils would have stayed there, the the talk during that time was that they were going to draft uh, Max Domi, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's mm-hmm. the same draft year. Which. Which Max Domi in Arizona did not look that great, but he's looked a lot better since he moved over to Montreal. So, uh, but the Devils needed a fucking goaltender. There was no way around that. It just sucks that a lot of Snyder's, what I would consider his prime years, fall behind a 
bad New Jersey Devils team that was yeah. should have rebuilt fully uh, as soon as Kovacek left and we lost Crazy and uh, like after two in Clarkson like that team kind of imploded by people leaving uh, after the 2012 and 2013 seasons. And how often does that happen? Like, I don't, like yeah, that was so crazy to think like, wow, we made it to the cup. It's like, all right, let's, you know, let's fill in some spots and like, let's, you know, let's go for it again. And it was just, everyone was like, nope, uh, Kovalchuk, I retire, I go to Russia. And, you know, then <laughs> Zach Priest like, I'm going home. And Clarkson's like, well, I want money. Like, as everybody left, we're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, we're all just sitting here with like a couple like fourth liners wondering what the hell happened to our team. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a it was a nightmare for sure. Um, yeah, but so I I know that the Bruins iconically they win this game seven against Vancouver in Vancouver after like a very good series is if you're going to go back and watch one of the more re like more modern um, Stanley cups, that, that one was really, really great. I, I remember, like I said, there was some trip. I think there was like a triple overtime game. Um, but the, the first thing, you know, lifting the cup, which I thought was kind of cool seeing Chara lift the cup. And uh, the fact that Tim Thomas just kind of came out of nowhere is like a, uh, you know, 171 year old dude. <laughs> to be the starting <laughs> goalie for Boston, uh, and the, the craziest thing, like to me, with uh, with with with, I actually read the to high, you know, Moses from the Bible, because he was fucking old. <laughs> he was like <laughs> older than Brodeur. <laughs> yeah, the dude just played lights out, man. Yeah, I, I mean, just remember that. Yeah, and I also remember the uh, the riots, the Vancouver riots, because they lost. I want to talk about some salty Canadians, man. <laughs> I think that makes the loss so much worse. Yeah, they. I mean, they're trashing their own city. It's it's terrible that you lose the Stanley Cup. But there's this one great photo from that where like there's just a bunch of shit on fire and like cars flipped over, and then there's this this two Canadians. Like a guy and a girl who meet during these riots and they're just kissing in the middle of the street. So it's like this tranquil, happy moment, and then like all of the shit on fire behind them. You know, as uh, as a Philadelphia sports fan, I can't really I can't talk shit about fans who riot, considering that uh, that whenever Philly wins a championship, they have to grease telephone poles so people won't climb up them <laughs> and pull them down. We have a we have a real bad habit of pulling down street lamps in Philly. So do, do like, so do you have like the opposite when they lose? Because like I I'm know pretty sure no, I'm shit. pretty sure it's the same when they lose that they also riot. <laughs> I just remember when the Phillies won the World Series, it was yeah, riot in riot in Philadelphia. I think when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I remember listening to the uh, I remember listening to the Philadelphia police band just to hear some of the crazy stuff. And the, one of them was a guy had apparently stole a horse. And another guy had stolen an ATV, and like the horse and the ATV guy were running together. It's insane. It's, it's that alone could be a Netflix series. Crazy <laughs> horse and ATV guys. Yeah, horse and ATV guy. I would I would watch that. That sounds yes. <laughs> we now return to horse and ATV guy. Uh, another like rask surprisingly has a lot of rivalries with different people especially forwards that like to get inside of his crease um and 
one thing I will say about, you know, Rask is I love seeing him flip the shit. He has, like, the best goalie stick breaks of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Got it down to a science. You can go and watch, like, Rask. I think there's, like, top ten Rask freakouts on YouTube. Like, go and watch them. They're absolutely fucking hilarious. Uh... All right. With that being said, you guys want to move on to our player highlight? Sure. Yeah. You guys know who we're doing. This one's kind of a sad one for me because, uh, you know, growing up, I, again, grew up in the greater Philadelphia metropolitan area. And as such, I was a Flyers fan. Um, this is always one that I, a lot of people don't uh, talk about as much anymore. Uh, his name is Pelly Lindbergh, and he was a goalie, great goalie for the Flyers. A uh, very short career, though. Um, he won the Vesna Trophy, uh, went with the Flyers to the 1985 Stanley Cup Flyers, uh, Finals. Um but again, very short career because in '85 he uh, uh, he crashed his car and died at the age of 26 in Summerdale, New Jersey, which is not far from where I grew up. Uh, so, I mean, we could we could go on and talk about this guy. I mean, this is before my time when I before I was even born. So, um, you know, it's always sad to see a great goalie go out way too quickly. Uh, but I thought it was he was worth covering because again Vesna Vesna Trophy winner. He also had a sick hockey mask. So yeah. So after after you sent me uh, sent me kind of who were you going to talk about? I did some dives and watched some of his play during that Vienza run, and I believe it was '84, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I watched some of that, and he was absolutely phenomenal. And if I'm not mistaken, he was one of like during this time he would have been one of the only. Swedish goalies in the league and if you look at the league today there's so it's almost like a goalie factory lots of big Swedish guys playing uh, <laughs> in net all around the league but um Got you, Henrik. Like, yeah like uh, he was pretty great in the crease for his time period it, it, it's it's unfortunate we they he, he passed away so young because I I mean, a lot of people say that he may be the best goalie in Flyers history from what, what I've read and researched now. It's just kind of impossible to tell because his career was cut so short. I think that, you know, he had one what one season before the Vienza run in the NHL. Yeah. Yep. He was only so, in the league for like two seasons. Yeah. So if you look at that from that standpoint, he was a rookie who played 18 games, and then the next he gets the full workload and wins the Vienza. Yeah. Yeah. It's a... Uh... And, you know, it's crazy because, again, this being as it's a part of the Philadelphia thing, it's kind of a big thing in uh, New Jersey. And I think there's a street in uh, Philly near the Flyers. It's either near the Flyers uh, training arena in New Jersey or it's near the actual ring itself. But they named it Limburg uh, Court after him. So I thought that was a really class move by them. Yeah. And uh, it just yeah. sucks that it – I guess that it was like, you know – I, I'm I'm looking it up now too that it was a DUI, yeah. That put him out like ah uh, like I hate that. It's uh, it like you know it's so bad. It looks bad to me. Yeah. yeah so like, that, the story itself is like you know he, the bar owner was like he didn't he wasn't drunk or he didn't seem drunk, and then 
he leaves the bar and he he like him and three other people in a Porsche. Yeah. I think all the uh, everyone else lived. Uh, yeah, he was the only one that died. Um, but just took a corner too fast, and they said you know it was dry, wasn't wet outside, so it seemed like ex- you know just excessive speed. And they had recently changed that intersection, so maybe it's something that he had done before like a thousand times is a good stretch of street to really get some speed down in your Porsche or whatever. And the intersection slightly changed and he ended up, I think he ended up hitting like a brick wall in the front of a school. Yeah. 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 It says here, yeah, he had just left the Coliseum, which was their former practice center. Yeah. So yeah, he, yeah, he, it probably is a turn. Yeah. That he's made probably dozens and dozens of times, you know, or even more, you know, and just, yeah, just that night. Uh, that sucks. 26, yeah. too. It's so young, especially with such a promising career. That's literally how old I am, so I'm like, damn, man. Uh, yeah. He did top the fan voting for the 1986 NHL All-Star game, though. So that was, uh, that w- I, from what it says here, that's the first time a player was chosen posthumously for an All-Star team in a major North American team sport. Yeah, and... Yeah. Hopefully it kind of stays that way because it's so unfortunate for someone to pass away that young. Yeah. yeah. Especially with read, such a good career ahead of them. Yeah, and I also read, too, that nobody apparently has ever worn his same number since. No one's worn 31. Yeah, it's, you're not a retired. it's not retired to the Flyers. That's nice. Yeah. I guess I wonder if that's like a thing. I wonder if anyone's come in and been like 31 and they're like, eh, could you, could you not? Yeah, How's I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure it's an unspoken rule. Every team's got stuff like that. Yeah. Well, you know, Lou had the weird shit where no one could wear a high number. Like yeah. forever. Or, or 13, he made Camilleri change his number. He had to be 23. Because <laughs> he said it was unlucky. And I heard something with Yager, too. There was something he said to Yager. There was like there was like two things. I don't know if it was the hair. or And I know he did something crazy with his laces. It was like... Literally, like, Lou was like, you could either do one or the other. You can't do both. <laughs> Yager was like... I, I gotta look up what it is. Yager. There's a Yager <laughs> story for every season of hockey ever. So I, didn't, I didn't get to send this one to you guys in the news, but Yager was recently fined $500 in his own league on his own team for skating and pregame without a helmet. And I was like, $500? He's just going to do this shit every game. Like, $500? Yeah. You're fucking kidding me. I want to play like it was in the old days. <laughs> well, it was he probably just pays like, it all in the beginning. How many how many games we have this year? All right, here you go. <laughs> this is probably at least eight suspensions worth. Well, it wasn't during game; it was just during the pregame skate. But apparently, they don't like you can't do that in pregame skate either. So Yager was just like, "It was my team. I thought I could do whatever I wanted." <laughs> <laughs> you guys know who I am. <laughs> Jeez, the fact that he's still playing is like fantastic to me. I hope the dude plays till he's eighty. Yes, and I hope <laughs> he ends up in like a beer league, and he's like the greatest player in the history of the beer league. The all star of the beer league. Yes, I mean it. He the crazy thing is like I bet he ends up on the Olympic team still, like as a fourth liner in twenty twenty two for Czech. Of course. I, I actually would be surprised. That horse the wheels fall off. Yeah. 
Well, did you have anything else on uh, Pele that you wanted to say, Dakota? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, there's just there's a really good book, um, Pele Lindbergh Behind the White Mask. Uh, it's it's a Swedish. Um, is originally a Swedish book, but there's an English version available. Uh, I took a look through it and just kind of glanced around. Um, really, really good stuff. There's a lot of personal stories that uh, friends of him told, and it's just you know, like like his career itself, it's just too short. But uh, definitely someone worth highlighting. It's not something you hear about a whole lot anymore. So I thought it was definitely worth talking about. As a as a f- you being a Flyers fan, you should you guys should rally everyone up and and make Pele Eklund from Hockey Buzz change his name because I'm pretty sure that is like a tribute to him. But Pele Eklund sucks, so you guys should fight. If no one can wear the number 31, then you guys should find and fight this dude. Yeah, you have to you have to change your name to Pete. <laughs> I don't care what you change it to; it's just not that. Uh, I will say the Flyers do have a team award, the Pele Lindbergh Memorial Trophy. So that's that's pretty cool that he's immortalized on the team like that. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's all I got. If you guys have anything that you want to talk about, can't wait for the season. Yeah, me either. Yes. <laughs> so close. I I will say that I have watched a lot of preseason games. Um, the Bruins look great. Uh, the Blues look pretty good again. Flyers I don't look think like they... shit. <laughs> uh, the Devils have looked pretty good in most of the preseason games that I've watched, minus the Boston one, which we kind of... It it ended up being a very defensive game. It was almost like Boston was running a trap D or something once they went up. It was kind of just not a lot going on for the Devils and shifted their lines. And the power play fucking sucked. Like, they didn't score... They had, I think, five power play attempts. No, four, because they're tight as well. But if, mm. if anyone wanted to go back and watch that game, at least you could see a fight because it was not a very as a as a Devils fan that wasn't a very good game. But all the other games um, were a lot of fun to watch. It was great seeing Hall and Hughes skate together and score together, and seeing Hall back on the ice and uh, kind of a news item. It's not really a news as much as just some general information, I guess. Which is uh, Hall is actively talking to the general manager about his contract and it seems like contract negotiations negotiations are going well. So I'm actually hoping that that will get done probably before mid season, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that'll definitely take, I think a w- huge weight off any devil's fan shoulders as long, you know, once we see, we got him, we're like, ah, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> like as long as we know Taylor Hall staying, cause I feel like he's, he's the, you know, we have all this young talent that these guys are, we going to have hopefully for a while, you know, with he and Hughes, but like Hall is the the centerpiece, you know, like Hall's he's he's our guy, yeah. So as long as we can lock him up long term, I think we have a good chance of also holding on to all these young guys and having a really good team for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and the the only other interesting thing I could think of is Snyder uh, went kind of lights out on Friday, and he yeah. I think he blocked 32 or 32 shots. Yep, 32. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you got some goalie controversy in New Jersey right now on who you're supposed to start because McKenzie Blackwood looked great towards the end of last year, but this also seems like the first time Snyder has been healthy. Yeah, I think he starts Snyder, to be honest. Uh, you know, Blackwood looked great, but he, you know he's. I feel like he's still very new to the NHL game. 
you know yeah. like i i really think i think at least at least to start you gotta you gotta put snyder in now a team that i think has looked absolutely horrible in the um which i guess is kind of expected because they're rebuilding is the detroit red wings i think they've looked really rough uh yeah they aren't and, looking so good so far i mean and it's also preseason. and and like they're also one of those weird teams that schedule more preseason games than anyone else in prospect games. So they had like, I think they had, I don't know. It seemed like they had like almost 15 games between the prospects tournaments that they played in the preseason. And they just were constantly rotating people in and out. I think there are some highlights though. Like a, a Philippe Zadina is going to be an absolute monster. That kid looks like he's fucking great, but I haven't out, out outside of that, the, I've watched, you know, the Blues, I've watched the Bruins, and I've watched some of the Flyers uh, stuff, but that's been pretty much it for what I've been able to consume during this preseason. And um, like I said, the highlights of that would be the Blues and the Bruins. Once again, look like they could easily have a, a deep dive into the playoffs. Hmm. Yeah, um, I, I, I keep up with the Golden Knights. You guys know this. They are uh, they're a team I like to follow. and. Like I'm just, I'm not seeing the lineup that I saw like last year. Like it's not, it's not clicking the way it should. And I know it's preseason. Um, I really hope they get that uh worked out before the season starts. Cause I'd hate to see a team go from being top tier like they have been to not firing right. Did Fleury play during the preseason, yeah, or did they protect yeah, him played. kind of? No, I uh, he, I think he played this uh, last one that they just played. Okay. The Kings how did, how, against the Kings. Did you hear like kind of how he looked? Because I mean that's always been the thing with Fleury. It seems like for years I've been hearing almost like with Ovechkin is is this the year that he takes a step back? And it's it's never actually the fucking year that he takes a step back. Yeah, that's probably true. It takes him a couple games to get up and going. I know that much. Um, so hopefully they get it solved. Uh, like I said, I like that team. I like the uh, management structure. I think Gerard Gallant's a great head coach. Um, so I just, I, I hope they can keep up the same caliber of play that they have been. And I think they can, they have the pieces. So I, I will say that, uh, Lundqvist, it, when we're talking about goalies a little bit around the league, Lundqvist has looked terrible in the preseason, yeah. um, specifically against the devils. Like he did not look good at all. Yeah. Uh, it could be that he just doesn't fucking care because it's the preseason and he's Henrik Lundqvist, but, uh, <laughs> I think maybe age has caught up to him a bit, especially if you go back and look at what he was like last season. I think he was like, what, 0.87 or something. So that's going to be an interesting goalie situation as well. Do you think when he hands in his retirement papers, the person who takes them is going to be like, Henrique, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I sincerely hope. I sincerely hope that's the case. I, yeah, I think he's got team. maybe maybe one or two more seasons and then he'll hang it up, uh, which a lot of I think that's the case with a lot of people that are kind of from his class of uh, of NHL players, you know, that are kind of getting up there. Yeah, I mean, we just saw that with Luongo. Yeah, um, exactly. Hang, hanging it up. It's just it, it's going to be weird seeing the Rangers without Lundqvist. Now, what am, who am I supposed to fucking yell at? Well, they'll, they'll get <laughs> yeah. another one, I'm sure. Everyone else on the ice, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, but I—that's I, out of things that were like look glaringly, this goalie shouldn't start. 
this coming season. That was the one that I saw. Everyone else just kind of looked the like there were some good games during the preseason uh, out of those teams I watched, but it seems like the Stanley Cup champions on both sides. I don't see either one of them taking a hard dive or having like a Stanley Cup hangover. Well, it'll make for an interesting season. I'd like to see the St. Louis Blues do it again. I'd like to see them start a dynasty. I think if if any if, if any a franchise deserves it, they're one of them because they went so long without it. Um, and especially <laughs> what? if any team besides the Devils, if any team besides the Devils are going to win the Stanley Cup, I, I I'm cool with either the Capitals or the Blues because they, I get to see some drunken legends. Exactly. Like, <laughs> at least I get to see Brett Hull get lit again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he he would literally he would literally hit a beer bong on center ice, just to prove a point. <laughs> it's so it's 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 almost like really unfortunate that he played with St. Louis for so long and never got a cup there. And had to go to the Red Wings to get a cup. So it's almost like he's celebrating himself winning the cup <laughs> as part of the team. Like they should is... sign him to a yes. <laughs> if if they make it to the Stanley Cup again, they should like actually give him a player's contract. <laughs> Put him on the <laughs> ice for like one shift or something. <laughs> Watch him go out and score a goal too. <laughs> Start of a new career. Yeah. <laughs> well, if that's it, that's all I got, guys. Yeah, samesies. Yeah. So, and that note, Chris, do you want to say that thing that you always say? <laughs> Which thing? Though? You know exactly. What? The one I just said. The Henry uh-huh. gets over. Oh. Henry, it's over!